Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of the roundup that has links to all of these stories. Let's go to our first one, racialized discrimination widespread on apps. The International Journal on Environmental Research and Public Health published a study finding that 99% of young sexual minority black men encountered racialized discrimination while online dating. Now, this included some things that may have not been 100% um, explicitly related to their race, like being ignored or rejected by people, and it also included direct um, racist insults and hateful language. According to a press release from the researchers, the fact that people can engage on these anonymously may make people more likely um, to engage in, in racist conduct and to use racist uh, language that they may not you know, necessarily feel comfortable doing um, in, in person, um, and, and nor should they. Um, but the fact that they're doing so online, the researchers note, you know, has a major mental health impact um, on the people who are receiving this um, racialized uh, discrimination, and so definitely something concerning from a health perspective. Next up, campus services and mental health. Inside Higher Ed reported on new research that LGBT college students were much less likely to have seriously considered or attempted suicide in the past year if their school offered mental health services or LGBT support services. 46% of LGBT students had considered suicide um, at schools without mental health services, and 22% had attempted um, suicide at school with, without mental health services, compared to 32% and 6% respectively at schools that did have mental health services. And a similar trend existed when looking at uh, LGBT support services. So generally um, speaking here, definitely a clear trend uh, at schools that have these types of supports, LGBT students are going to have better or mental health. Of course, this didn't study causation, uh, so it may be that you know the fact that students are at overall more um, inclusive and supportive school environments, you know, have better mental health, whether or not they avail themselves of those services. Um, but definitely, really interesting, especially given all that we know about LGBT youth and young adult mental health, all of the challenges that these students are are facing. Um, really important here to consider, you know, what services are available to them. And now our next story, app encourages safer sex. Pharmacy Times reported on a study finding that a new mobile app was found to help decrease condomless sex among young sexual minority men. The app was developed from a group-based prevention curriculum, which was then applied you know, from being a, a curriculum into being something that's um, based on an app that people could download on their phones. For the most part, the change in behavior seemed to be limited to the first few months. So, you know, in other words, someone would download it, they would have positive change for a couple months, and then the, the benefits seemed to go away. However, the program proved a little bit more effective among black participants in particular. They had an 85% decline in condomless anal sex after six months of using the app, which is great since a lot of times, you know, the, the interventions and services that are offered tend to miss um, black participants and people of color. So great to see that this uh, app seemed to be doing better among this group than others. Definitely some promising results there. Next up. Updated guidelines on monkeypox and HIV. 
Gemma shared new guidelines regarding HIV and monkeypox. Research has suggested that between 28% and 51% of sexual minority men who have contracted monkeypox are also living with HIV, although it's not believed that people living with HIV are necessarily at greater risk as a result of their HIV uh, status. The guidelines recommend that antiretroviral therapy continue for people living with HIV who contract monkeypox, as well as PrEP um, continuing use among those who are using PrEP for HIV prevention who contract monkeypox. I mean, there's some other interesting details there. Definitely important to keep this in mind, even though, you know, thankfully in a lot of places, the the um, curve now for monkeypox is definitely declining, um, probably also lesser of a consideration during the winter months, given how it's transmitted, um, but definitely something you know, we can't take our eye off, off the ball and, uh, and, you know, see another wave come back at us, um, because we, you know, we weren't, we weren't thinking about it or working on it in the meantime. So, um, good to continue to see research and updates coming out. Next up, birth control for transmasculine folks. Self-explore birth control options for transmasculine individuals, which they point out can be a challenge given the stigma that the population faces, as well as the role that, uh, that gender dysphoria plays in trying to access this type of service that's typically very gendered. The author points out that the issue has become increasingly important given the flux in reproductive rights that we've seen across the country. This may make options like getting one's tubes tied more appealing when other options may not be on the table anymore. The article also tackles questions like whether transmasculine individuals on hormone therapy can still become pregnant and whether they can use hormonal birth control. And now our final piece of the week, gay games face COVID-19 challenges. Time Magazine reported on the challenges of hosting the gay games, which occur every four years and which is happening this year in Hong Kong. Now, of course, there are challenges related to uh, to COVID-19, even though, um, you know, the pandemic has been put on the back burner for a lot of folks and and restrictions have rolled back. They've been planning these games for a long time. So, you know, a lot of the damage has already kind of been done. The event was supposed to welcome 15,000 LGBT athletes, but because Hong Kong has had some of the strictest restrictions in the world, they ended up splitting the event with Guadalajara, Mexico um, to try to spread out the crowds. In addition to highlighting LGBT athletics, the event has also been expected to shine a light on LGBT rights and acceptance in Hong Kong, which is considerably um, more uh, liberated in this sense than is mainland China. So that was part of the goal of having the games there. Um, and we'll see you know, what it is able to come out given the challenges that they've had with respect to the logistics. Well, that concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to read any of these great stories for yourself. And please tune in next week for another edition of the Roundup.